Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. Um, Today is going to be really good, I got to tell you. My name is Brian Maiman. I'm the co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. To my left is Bleep, Brian Leslie, as always. Um, he's here to make sure, and especially now, um, Brian Martin is, uh, uh, is covered, COVID covered, um, and compliant, so he can uh, edit him out. Across the table, as always, the uh, outstanding and elk killing, th- hashtag 393 <laughs> in South Dakota, the great Brad Dana. Had it in the building for all of almost, oh, the other, almost eight hours before, before the before building the started, building started, on, started fire. on fire, huh? Let's go, yeah, freaking A. Anyways, for all you listening, we had a building fire yesterday, but we're not going to chase rabbits today. We'll try to stay focused because we really have a great podcast for you. Okay. But every, yeah, everything is okay. It, was, it, wasn't, our, it wasn't on our side. It was, it was the same building, it was, though. It was building. the suite next to us, and, and uh, we should do a podcast on that because Brian Martin, it, with his great intellectual wisdom, he ran into the fire on 8 to 10-foot uh, flames flying up in the air. With while the a, fire chief watched. With, while the fire chief watched. <laughs> the, the acetylene tanks were right next to the table he Jeez was on. Actually, oxygen. Obviously, you don't do much welding or cutting. Uh, (laughs) The settling was on the other side of the room. No, no, it wasn't. I just looked at the tanks. Anyway, why are we doing that? So Brian Martin's back, and he's here. And we put out the fires. And and you know what's awesome about today? Um, And he's kind of being quiet here. Um, We have the great Nick Munt with us also today. So um, (laughs) it's going to be good. Hey. Yeah, hey. Hey, hey. So this will be this will be a good podcast, and we will talk about the fire um, afterwards. But uh, um, maybe on another episode, let's do that. But today we're going to talk about a Western hunting strategy and getting an application plan. And um, the the fun thing is is Brad grew up in Spearfish, South Dakota, and what's what's the most amount of points you have in one state? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. And then oh, it's funny because we you were, actually still have twenty nine right now. So, so listen to this: we were working with the, um, our software developers today because on our adventure catalog, um, where it says tag availability, draw our landowner, all that. Right below there, we're going to say how many points that the unit, the outfitter is in, mm-hmm. so you know. And then we're making that a part of the hunt plan too. So and then we were going down through what years we needed, and we went out to thirty five because here's a here Mary goes. You know, there's going to be some people with almost thirty points, and I go, well, they'd have to be super old. But then that's the point, right? There it is. So that was that worked good. So thanks. Yeah, I think my welcome. most is 24, 25. I was going to ask twenty four in Oregon. And, and what do you have, Nick? What's the most you have? I have fourteen just in just about every state for everything there is. I I, I th- yeah. You have a couple seventeens too, don't you? And something I thought I saw. Uh, 
possibly, but I think yeah. pretty much across the board, I've got 14. 14, 14 doesn't do crap everything. in some areas. Yeah. No, it doesn't. What's, How, what's yeah, the most no, you so, have, Brian? So, so, so <laughs> no, that's actually a really good question. Maximum so 10. So you got, you, got, you got Nick that grew up in Spearfish, South Dakota, uh, yeah. West River, um, right on the Wyoming border. You grew up on the Wyoming border. You grew up in Oregon. Oregon and Montana. And more, uh, in Montana. I started so, putting in for tags in Montana. So you two have a bunch of points. Nick has uh, an ample amount of points, and then there's me. I think I have. Uh, I think I have maximum five, six, seven. No, I have thirteen now in South Dakota, don't I, or twelve? Something no, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I have thirteen over there, archery elk. but not outside of South Dakota. No, not outside because I never played the game. I, I was yeah. just, I was just. Paying you were a play. player. You just didn't do the. Yeah, you just didn't do the tags. I didn't do the tags and, until this started. But I think it'd be, it's. I think it'd be super important as we offer all of us offer our clients a membership services package that includes a Western hunting strategy with application services. And so I thought it'd be good to talk about it today and some of, specifically, some of the tags you guys have drawn that come with public land area hunting. Like I know Nick, I can't wait to hear about that mule deer sit, you know, that uh, sits over his shoulder in his game room when he's in his couch. Um, and uh, That white um, tail he shot this year wasn't a slouch either. No, but, but, but I'm talking about some, oh yeah, you drew, that, that was, was a, Kansas, that was a that's draw, draw tag. tag, isn't it? That's a yeah, draw tag. Yeah. That was a COVID whitetail. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Was it coughing when you shot it? <laughs> yeah, I want to hear the story about that. I, I, yeah, that was that was that was something. Uh, it, it was amazing. It was. What it was what's your what's your favorite? I mean, biggest trophy that stands out as a favorite to you? Not just maybe necessarily the biggest, but. Well, the two you know my two biggest bucks are uh, the two twenty six that I shot, you know, with my bow in uh arizona on the strip you know yeah. that's that's, Tell my, us biggest, about that that's tag. my biggest deer how many that was a tag that i that i had um i believe 10 or 11 points for and, and i only had a i think a point zero six right percent yeah you weren't you weren't the max right. more difficult holder. than drawing a sheep tag yeah. the arizona yeah, strip tag what is... i heard from from most people um i heard that um I, I was never going to draw it. I mean, a lot of the guys from Arizona and the guys that play the game, you know, they were they were saying you're pretty much wasting your time because you'll never draw that tag. And I got lucky, so it shows you can get lucky. But yeah, applications. Um, but if you're going to put in for all yeah. the other ones, you might as well instead of putting in for a bonus point, you might as well put in for the application. As a absolutely a always, half percent is better than no percent. Well, yeah, spe- I mean, especially I mean, look there. At Joe Biden. Look at Joe Biden. He didn't have a ch- Chinaman's chance in heck, and he won it. <laughs> yeah. Did Nick Munt just say that? I love. Well, that. if he moved to well, Africa, well, it's like Groundhog's Day though. He gets to celebrate his victory because he wakes up every morning. His wife tells him he won, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> woo! He's Ned Ryerson, the whole life insurance salesman on Groundhog's Day. <laughs> oh my god! You know, I think the I think kind of the whole the whole um, you know point of the whole thing is is get started young, but but um, you know, there's also a strategy that you can put together if you're somebody that's older. Mm-hmm. Um, get you rich know, old. you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to wait, um, because there are units that are good that hold a lot of private land where you can draw a tag and then, you know, we can set you up with a good outfitter. So if you're somebody that's older and you want to start putting in for some, 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 you know, a little bit tougher tags to draw, there's areas that you can, you can draw that are private land. And, um, it doesn't mean you're completely out of the ball game because I know some people think that, well, you know, I might be 50 and I'm, I'm too old to start putting in for some of these tags because by the time I draw it, I'm going to be 68 or 70 years old. I don't think that's the case. I think 
there's definitely options and opportunities that are, you know, out there that having a good, good consultant can help you get into those, those areas that are a little better odds to draw. And, you know, maybe you get an outfitter to take you on private land, but there's still, there's still opportunities. Well, there's also the landowner tags like in New Mexico, Colorado, Oregon, where you can get guaranteed a tag every year, even if you don't have one point. I think uh, from my personal perspective, like I've been applying for, um, these points too. I'm, I'm I'm behind Nick. Obviously, I have I have seven to ten in a lot of places, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like Nick just said, he drew that. What? How big was that deer you killed? Two twenty six. Two twenty six. So he kills two twenty six. He two he kills a two twenty six. Somebody has to draw the tag, right? And and we know a lot of our clients that have done the same thing. Right. We said, hey, if you don't apply, you don't get a chance. All of a sudden. We have clients every year that didn't have a snowball's chance yeah, in that, hell. Yeah, that elk you posted yesterday, that wasn't a max point elk either. That was no. random. In yeah, Arizona. it was a random draw. Boom, he draws. So, like, this year, I'm putting in for every sheep out there, and I'll probably draw one. You'll probably draw before <laughs> me. If you do the Montana Unlimited, yeah, you can draw that one, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well guaranteed you won't kill uh, one, too. What if, what if, yeah. friend, I'm thinking uh, positive bleep. <laughs> can you bleep that out? What an asshole. So, anyway... Uh. <laughs> You know, a perfect, a perfect example too, though, is, uh, you know, I put in for, for Wyoming moose, I had one point and, um, I drew with a point and an application. So you, you, know, drew you just with never a know one point. guys that have been, well, I drew, yep. I drew, I'm super point. happy and, uh, for you, Nick. Oh That's just God, freaking dude. great. But I drew, see you guys are the reason yeah. that normal Americans get pissed off at, at, because you guys take the tags that real hardworking blue collar guys like myself should get with 20 some points and you draw it with zero or one. Did the dentart oh just gosh. say blue collar? Did, oh I, did I hear that right? You, so you're a good tag drawer. Jason Hamill's a good tag drawer. No, I haven't been to be honest with you, but I got a couple buddies that geez, a buddy of mine that lives in Brookings. He's that guy. He's drawn a couple of desert sheep tags and really, all kinds of stuff. South Dakota sheep tag. I mean, he's drawn all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's super lucky. Yeah, Jason, he's drawn a couple. I'm not. Of, he's drawn a couple of random unit one tags in Wyoming. You know, which is what we always used to put in for because it was it was, a, it was a really really good hunt and it was right here. Yeah, right. You know, and uh, man, he he hunted that two years in a row. So so I have yeah. a question. How many points did the uh, buck you killed this year in Kansas take, Nick? Um, you know, I had a tag last year as well. So, you know, that's the nice thing about Kansas is, mm-hmm. is you have a, a really good chance to draw. I mean, there's probably some units that are a little bit tougher, but, um, if you're putting in for archery, you've got a, a, a darn good chance to draw. Um, so I, you know, I've never, the only time I didn't get a tag in Kansas is when I forgot to put in. Wow. So. And so you drew with no points this year. And how big was that buck? 210, two, uh, 209 and 7.8. 209 and 7.8. You can round that's, up. That's an honest guy. He's not a sales guy. He wasn't financial services for the first 28 years of his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a barber, though, Brian, so I'm a, oh. I am pretty good at both. Brother, when are you coming back to Spearfish? Oh, my God, did you just say that, you uh-huh. jack wagon. Uh, bring, when you come back to Spearfish, Spearfish <laughs> the next time uh, when you go back home, bring your clippers, man. I, I begged for a haircut last night. I'm like, hey, yeah. have mercy on me. Uh, look, look at this hairdo. <laughs> My barber retired. 
<laughs> I told I told you two things. One, uh, Lucas could come back yeah. and do it for you. Or or we can get you um, we can get Flo-B? you committed. No, we wouldn't want to do that to you. We would just uh, get you committed to the Amish Society of uh, of Wapsie Valley, Iowa. So over by Fairbanks, we just back you right in there. Change uh, your name. Yeah. Actually, yeah. this the, right across the street. I had mine cut by this lady over here. That's over at the veterinary veterinary clinic, right, Brian? <laughs> exactly. That's where they have like the the rescue center uh. for like orangutans. <laughs> Oh, they got it. <laughs> so here's the question, okay? Ugh. And I'll go around and ask you guys. Um, I have, I'm, I'm, let's say I'm 50 years old and I have no points, Brad Dana. What would you suggest I do? Uh, what are you got? What are you looking to hunt? I, I, I you know what? I want to hunt. You want? I want to. You, you well, want to get in the Western game. big game? Uh, I want to get in the game. Next well, question: Are you obese and diabetic? No, you know okay. what? Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so low chance of COVID. <laughs> so you might make it to 51. Right. So, <laughs> so you know the big thing is we get a lot of sheep requests now. So you have to apply for Idaho. You have to apply for New Mexico. Those are two have tos. But you got to buy hunting licenses. And, and Oregon. It, so I want to. Co- I want to kill. Oregon. I want to kill good deer. I want to kill good elk. And um, I wouldn't mind getting sh- sheep or two if I drew. So well, what do I do? Deer is deer is going to be pretty easy because you can shoot good deer in Nebraska. You can shoot good deer in Kansas. You can shoot good deer in. Well, where do I get applications? Where do I start building my points or applying? Well, you're either going to have to figure a lot of crap out on your own or get. Some Are you help. a DIY guy yeah. or a guided guy or both? No, I'm, I'm a guided guy. Let's say let's say I spent What's your the last budget? 20, What's your budget? Let's say I spent the last twenty seven years in financial services flying around in an airplane. I'd, and I'd, now I want to yep. start hunting big I'd game. Start buying points in South Dakota. Yep. I would uh there's no points in Nebraska. You can just get a tag and most of the really good units you can get a tag. Some of the hunts you just can't get into though, because there's you know, we've got some hunts that are just super hard right. to get where into. Would I get, book three where years where do I apply? Well you can So you, do I apply in Nebraska? Yeah. I I don't need to though, right? Well, you don't necessarily need to. I'd plan Do on Do I apply a points in Wyoming? I wouldn't. I, you know, probably. You, you for deer? deer? It's $40. Deer and elk is general tag in Wyoming only takes two to th- two, three. To, depends if you're hunt, but like right. three to four years. So I, st- I want to start applying in Wyoming. So if you yeah. want to shoot. Montana, I want to start applying. Elk yeah. general in, in Wyoming now yep. is, two, is two years. You two to three years. That's almost three now, yeah. Okay. So Third year you'll get there on. So there we go. So, yeah. so elk general. Is two years, so I definitely need well, points in Wyoming. You, you want, also you do want, Colorado. You want elk point in Wyoming? I would say get a, you know, elk's fifty, deer's forty, antelope's thirty for a point. Right. So if if you don't mind that, I would get all those. The deer, I'm I'm not, you know, deer's deer's a tough deal in Wyoming. The residents buy a tag at Common Sense, and they go hunt. So all that good stuff's a general unit. That kind of sucks. Unless you, there's some areas that even the Wyoming residents take a long time to draw, though. Yeah, but like Region G, that's general for them. Yeah. It takes five, six, seven years for non-resident to draw. And those guys, you know, so. Well, the key is some private land access, actually, like some of the places like Carbon County and some of those other well, ones have a lot of, a lot yeah, of private land. Private so, land, but I get a strategy of how, how much money you want to spend, where you want to put in, what you want to get. Um, you know, if you want deer and elk, deer and elk are pretty easy. So then I would do Colorado, uh, Wyoming. Montana. You, you would you know? do Colorado? I, I don't know. I'm asking you. I, I wouldn't. Colorado doesn't have great elk, in my opinion. And, We're talking and elk it now takes, or deer, too. It takes forever, ever, ever, ever to draw one of the top tags. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm at 17 points on so that for tag. Deer. For Colorado. deer, yeah. For yeah. deer, now, for Brad, sure. You, now, Brad, are you talking about, Brad, are you talking about, are you talking about public land or are you just going elk hunting for, on a good elk hunt in Colorado? Because southern Colorado, a lot of those places down there are over the counter and, you know, you can you can get 
some really good elk hunting in southern Colorado on some big bulls. That's um, if you want to spend the money to go with an outfitter or or a that's know, a really good that's point. Got the tags. Yep, that's okay, a really so, good point because the ranchers with the tags—that's another. Colorado has the highest elk population and the highest mule deer population. Now that might end when they mandatory replant wolves. No, they're not oh. doing that. They, they are, are passed. It passed. They actually not only have to let them in; they actually actually have to introduce them and make sure they're at a certain level. So South Dakota comes out and says, "We're not going to manage this. You see him, go ahead and shoot him. You don't even have to shovel or shut up anymore." And Colorado's so, bringing them in. Colorado's not bringing them in. Yeah, they are. They are. Why would they, they are? Wolves? They are. That's like that. That's the same. Because it's they. They brought it. Why to would a, they vote for Joe Biden? Same thing. Yeah. What, what the hell? How stupid! So, Obviously, the ranchers and, well, I mean, and and the people that hunt and bring all the revenue in well, have it, no it, voice in this matter. It's the front range people. It's yeah. okay. They don't give a. They're never going to be up there looking at them. Well, that's a good point, though, Nick. Uh, other than the population control. Yeah, I was going to say let's get let's um, get back to this. But one. would you play? I I personally wouldn't start playing the points game for elk in Colorado. But here's here's my thought. There, Nick brings up no. No, Nick brings up a really good point though, because when well, we when we, okay we used me as an example here or someone like me. That's let's a train say, wreck. Um, for, for sure, there's not a question. But there's more than just one answer is what I'm trying to right. get across. Yeah. Because oh. we do need to apply for points for people. But the reality is the resource that we have for the guy or the gal looking at getting in the application game is second to none. Because like Nick said, if you're, if you're willing to buy an outfitter, if you're willing to pay for an outfitter, then you know what? You're buying back point and time that you couldn't get points that you didn't. So a guy like me could catch up with seven, eight grand um, because I could get Nick to give me a great outfitter, which we have those on our, uh, you know, dashboard, and then I get set up with them. Then I don't have to worry if I want to hunt Colorado, I want to kill a good elk in Colorado. Well, then I don't apply for points. My strategy is not applying for points, right. but it's getting with one of those outfitters. I can go kill a and big there's bull. Ga- there's landowner tags too. A lot of outfitters have access to landowner tags from mule deer and elk, and so if you don't get drawn, they can get you a landowner tag. Ranching for wildlife. That's what we've. Yeah. Used a lot, and that's good. Yeah, and we, and we've used some landowner tags and yep. sold some clients some, and done really good. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. Uh. What was that little town there? Uh, um, Hotchkiss. Hotchkiss. You know. Oh. Th- those are landowner tag vouchers. That's, that's close to Meeker Rifle, isn't mm-hmm. it over no, there? Uh, no. No. It's more just south of uh, uh, where your sister lives. No. Um. Just it's Grand straight Junction. south of Grand Junction. Yeah. So that's close to Rifle. Rifle's closer there, but. Mm, not really. Quite a bit east and north, but anyway. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I know where that's at. South of Debec. Well, the, I guess the main thing is you got to get a strategy. Right. You got you, you got to personalize it to, you know, like we had that one guy that called in here the other day, and he's literally, he's 60 years old, because I overheard some of the conversation. He's 60 years old, and he's got, now he's got one point for bighorn sheep in all the states, and he's got one point for deer and elk and antelope in all the states, and he's just kind of a vomit, verbal vomit approach, you know what I mean? Just shotgun and everything. Um, I, I think, uh, m- you know, I think he could tone it down and be a little more structured. But he's a do-it-yourself guy, too. He doesn't, he won't pay, f- he doesn't want to pay for an outfitter. So Colorado, just let, let, let's go through this real quick. Colorado, you'd say uh, uh, deer, yes. Elk, maybe no. Deer, have um, to. Um, do you have to. Wyoming, you would say deer, why not? Have a point. You have a point. Okay, or, or two, and start accumulating. They're not expensive, and for sure elk. For Wyoming, sure elk. for sure elk. For sure elk. For sure elk. You agree well, with you, that, Even Nick? the best the best tags, you, 15, 15 points is max. You agree with that, Nick? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And, and then there's there's a lot of great general areas that a guy can hike into. You know, if you're not, a, if you're not an outfitter type guy, 
you, know, you want to put a pack on and go in, there's a lot of really good areas that are general areas and have a ton of public ground. Um, you know, I think, I think another great pick for that is Montana. There's a ton of good ground in Montana that isn't super rugged and steep. It might take you a few years to draw the tag, but it can be done. And there's some big bulls killed in those private areas. I mean, right. those public areas. And so. great deer in Montana too. Um, the, the, you know, yep. especially. And, and you can hunt them in the rut. Yes. Most of your deer though, your good deer hunting outside of some of the wilderness areas or private land. Yep. Well, but well, no. There's tons and tons and tons and tons of BLM. Southeastern Montana. Yeah. I could take you out tomorrow, and with a point or two. Now you you might draw the first year, but for sure the second. Um, I could take you out, and we could go on. There's a lot of lot of private land in southeast Montana, and because or I'm sorry, public. uh, Thank you, and because of what Nick just said. Because you can hunt them in the rut, those bucks expose yeah. themselves, yeah. and and you could kill a nice one seventy class deer Super on fun. public land in southeastern yep. Montana. But for example, Montana though is the opposite of Arizona. It's like thirty percent public, and seventy percent private, roughly. And Arizona is like seventy percent public and thirty percent private. So Montana actually doesn't have as much public land as people think it does. Actually, has less than Wyoming, Colorado, Idaho, all those states. Montana is the least amount of public land of all the western states. Really? Mm-hmm. Even Oregon has more public land. So is Washington. So um, Idaho. Well, the thing is, if you apply for Idaho deer elk in the limited areas, you can't apply for you can't apply for the sheep. So you have to choose. Do you want pick one? Pick one or you the, want to get one or the three? Yeah. One or the other three. Well, you can go hunting though. General season, it's first come first serve. Deer and elk, like in the Frank Church. And the guys that are good hunters that are good on horses will go in there and do well. Oregon. What do I do in Oregon? Well, it depends. It's great for blacktails. So if you want to shoot a blacktail, it's one of the three states you can hunt blacktails in. There's some decent mule there, not amazing mule there, unless you get landowner tags or apply for years. Um, the yeah, elk. Central Oregon. Central Oregon is loaded with elk. I've I've shot two yeah, really Ocho, nice like bulls. Like the Ochoco unit Oregon. in that area. Did, did you had good hunts too? You like? Yeah, really good, man. Saw yeah. a lot Oregon of elk. has guaranteed elk tags for the landowners get so many tags. So, like on our ranch, we get four guaranteed landowner tags. Two can go to the owners. That has to go to the actually the the family, and two can go to anybody. So we can always guarantee guys elk or deer tags, for example, in Oregon. So if you get connected, and we have some good outfitters there that have landowner tags. I, I mean, they have access to landowner tags. We have outfitters that put in for the outfitter tags, which gives them a higher percentage of drawing. And then we have, you can do do-it-yourself hunts in Oregon. Why do you not hunt Oregon more? Because of the proximity, Nick? Um, well, a buddy of mine has a ranch there, and so he's got a lot of friends that hunt. So I've been kind of every other year kind of a deal. Gotcha. So I think I'm going to I'm gonna go this next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's great. I mean, you just, just it's a good lot weather. of elk. It's good weather. Yeah, and I even shot a free-range buffalo there, too. There's a, there's a, big, there's a big herd of free-range buffalo. Um, and you don't need a tag or anything to shoot them, so that's kind of cool. Wow, that is. Cool. I did draw. I did I draw a sheep tag in Idaho. Yeah, I did draw a sheep tag in Idaho a few years ago, and I drew it with seven points. Yeah, that's the one we saw in, in Idaho. Oh, did you? You yeah, drew I it. Shot a nice. Is this I the shot same a really Nick nice Mon- ten and a half year old ram? You you shot you got it on, on after seven years of drawing. I had seven points. Yep. No. no yeah. No, no. Idaho doesn't have points. You you did it for. If it's in Idaho, it's just every year they don't count your points. 
Okay, seven years I put in for it then. Yeah, and, years and so years you, is, you're a good tag drawer, Nick. Yeah, I was, you. Just say, <laughs> I was just going to say, this is the guy who says, I'm not a good tag drawer? Wait a second. Oh my God. I, had, I had no chance in a snowball's chance well, of I put in for so, I put in for every state yeah. that's got a sheep, okay. a goat, a moose tag. Right. I put in for all the best elk and, and mule deer spots in those states. So, so that is you a know, sooner really, or later. Yep. That's See, a really that's good someone, analogy you know, of what to do. Then you're the epitome, draw, man. It, unless you're a, unless you're a really bad tag drawer like me, which I am. I have very little luck in the draw. Are you um, hunted with Dave Melton on that one. Yes, sir. Yeah, I remember that great, one. It was a great experience. He was he's a big great horn guy. Um, I think big horn outfitters. Yeah. yeah. So my yep. philosophy is a little bit different than Brad's, but similar. My opinion is you're going to apply for any state for one of the species. And they want to hunt the other species that have a put in for every unit. I mean, put in for every species, in my opinion. So let's say Oregon. Let's say you want a bighorn sheep. Um, and Oregon is a general, it's a general draw, random draw. That doesn't, there's no bonus points. And I think they give five or six tags. And um, so for, for non-residents, not, that's not including the resident draw. So you got to buy the 160 or $70 license. Right. So then the other tags, applications are only $8. Big, uh, goat is is a random, so you have, it's like a one in 300 odds, but the biggest goats per, on average come from Oregon. And then you got your deer, elk, and antelope, you might as well build bonus points for, because you can get, still get drawn in the random draw, or you can get guaranteed like I did. I had enough antelope points. I had 22 points. I got a guaranteed tag of the juniper unit. So you have that. Then you got the blacktail, which doesn't take as many points. So you can get land on a blacktail or the, the draw there. So, I mean, in general, so like so even Colorado, if you're going to apply for a sheep and or a deer tag, you might as well, I throw in for the antelope, I throw in for the moose, I throw in for the elk, because it doesn't cost you that much more, you're applying anyway. Yeah, the moose is 100 bucks though now. Yeah, yeah, but the moose is, the Colorado have the biggest moose, so if you want a big moose, I would say Colorado still, the only guy I know that's killed a 190 moose in the last 10 years came from Colorado. That's interesting, because how many moose have you killed? I've killed four Canadians and the one uh, Wyoming moose. How many moose have you guided? Uh, a lot. Yeah, just tons. Yeah, fifteen twenty. And you and you apply for the Shiras down here. See, I quit because Colorado's goofy. You have to be in. The, you have to get three preference points before you're even yeah. in the draw. Yep. And then when they raised it to a hundred bucks, I was like, yeah, I've shot some moose. But it is it is legitimately the best place to shoot at one seventy or one eighty Shiras. So everybody's different. Everybody's plan is a little bit different. Your but plan I, is I different. But I think I think Shiras moose hunting though. If I had to give me a Shiras moose hunt. Or Canada moose hunt or Alaska. I, I like hunting where I can spot them. And the, the problem with a lot of these hunts, the seasons are later, and they're already rutting, and they drop into the timber and stuff, and you can't really spot them. I like hunting where I can spot them. Calling moose is interesting, but it's it's hit and miss a bit. If you can spot them first, it's easier to shoot How many moose. points did you have when you drew the uh, moose in? Uh, 19. 19. Did you just say that? And I didn't 19 or 20. 19. Yeah, I think so I didn't <laughs> think you did say that. So 19. And where was that, Brian? Where did, where did you have it's those It's the west points? side of the bighorns. I yeah. think that's 40 or 42. 42 you drew. And I thought you had 20. I might have had 20, I think, yeah. Yeah, because you, you had a one in five chance. There were five people that year that drew, that applied for the one non-resident tag, and you drew it. But that was on public land, and you killed a bull on the last day of your hunt. Is that right? Yeah, I hunted late, though, because I had stuff in Canada. Yeah. I didn't start hunting until the 18th of October, and I'd recommend hunting the 1st of October because the archery guys get September, which is the better hunting. I believe, and then the rifle guys can start October 1, if I remember right. But I didn't start until the 18th, and that, the bulls had already left the cows, and they were holed up on the timber and hardly moving. See, I've been my, my strategy with moose for guys that don't have any points has been different. I send them to Canada. 
Well, it depends if you want the moose lamb, though. If you want the yeah. moose lamb, you got it. Because technically, the moose in Canada are not a shivers. They're considered shivers for SCI. But Boone and Crockett considers anything above the 49th latitude, which is Canada, is a, is a Canada moose. Depends on what you're trying to accomplish. I thought, I mean, I like moose hunting, but uh, shivers moose hunting is actually not as fun as Canada moose hunting. I just have to hunt them early. What about Utah? A must, a must ply. Because the size, size is Nick, good. you've had good luck in Utah. Well, um, no, not really. I've just always hunted, you know, on CWMUs with people. So I, I haven't had I haven't had good luck there yet. But I've been applying. I got a lot of points there. So CWMU, there is similar to the ranching for wildlife in Colorado, right? Yeah. Yes, Same idea. It's, uh, basically, each each unit is a ranch, basically, and they all they get a, a handful of tags and they can move them at their you know how they want. Like the desert rat is a good example. That's where he yep, hunted for sure. Huh? Isn't I it? hunted there last year. Yeah, it was yeah there's phenomenal. like there's like craziest, a hundred plus, hundred plus thousand deeded. How many elk did you see? Tell us two, about that. Hunt. 200, 225,000 deeded. Crazy. That's a every, lot. Every drainage. There's a huge drainage. Just just take one. Just take one piece of the ranch. There's a huge drainage that runs down the middle. That's maybe like a mile wide. And then off off of that drainage, you know, if you're looking down the big canyon, you know, from the left and right, there's. 20 to 30 canyons that come into that drainage each one of those drainages has 10 bulls in it so you go in there you walk in that first drainage they're bugling you run them out of there or whatever you just go into the next drainage and there's another 10 bugling and another yeah, 10 you, after you're that, not you're not afraid of bumping them off the ranch are you <laughs> and i'm telling you you guys so so i shot my bull on the first morning um actually actually it was the first um early afternoon no it was in the morning i'm sorry it was about noon we, we got him out of the woods. I went out that evening with a, um, and, and we just sat on a hilltop. Um, a, one of the ladies, one of the retailers that was there, she shot a bull. So we went and helped her get her bull out. So I got with another guy the next morning. We went out and we filmed him kill a bull. Got that bull out. That afternoon, we went and sat on the ridge. Got a call that somebody else had him down. So we went and got that bull out. Next morning, I got with another guy, killed a bull for him. <laughs> That afternoon, we went and got another bull out, and then on the last day, went with another guy and killed his bull and got it out. So I was on six. I was on six kills. Got six bulls out of wow. the woods. On a you shot a really nice bull there. What three thirty? I did. It was a uh, right, right at you know low, low to high three thirties, low three forty. I didn't yeah. put a tape. And that's on a good it. bull. There's really not nice many. There's bull. not many bulls on that ranch that are breaking three forty or three fifty, though, are there? No, no, they're you know. Everybody killed a bull that I'd say was 315 to three, you know, the top yeah, couple. Where were right can at you go and, yeah. and kill six bulls in six days, all 315 to 340? So it's funny because oh, it you got a couple ranches. You got yeah. in the world. You got like 20 years worth of experience in that week. I mean, how many people yeah. go out hunting and never see a bull, never get on a bull? Well, and that's just it. I mean, I, you know, I could have. Once I shot mine the first day, I could have hung around the the camp and you know did whatever. But man, I was I love getting in there. So I you know I wanted to. We've we videoed at least three good kills and then help people get their stuff out of the woods. And then when we got back to camp, we were cutting and skinning. And I mean, it's just I love it. So what that an adventure, like a, man! What a trip! Yeah, it was amazing. Once a guide, yeah, always a, a guide. Bull. I know I know the butcher shop that processed that bull. So hey. Did you? <laughs> he that's was some, he was hey, the maiden voyage cheese, of that cheese jalapeno jalapeno cheddar. Too, yeah, uh, I, I I tell my uh, son one thing uh, when we buy the butcher shop: our premier recipes, we don't screw up with wild game. Next thing I know, Nick Munscott, I go, "Who's is this?" Well, this is Nick's. 
I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, Nick has us making jalapeno and cheddar sausage for him. And, and he goes, well, Dad, you said you'd do, you, you said you'd let him try some of it. And I'm like, whoa. Hey, you're the one who gave him the okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't remember that. I must have been tired in a weak moment. Because I remember walking in because I already heard, no way, no, uh, we're not doing this, blah, 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 blah. So Brad walks so in, I goes, walked in and I go, this? what the? Nick Munt's got this type of pull around this place. I go, yeah, he must have caught me in a weak moment. Oh, yeah. my gosh. We it's all not, had a bunch oh, of Nick Munt. so elk. good. Nick Munt donated like 50 pounds to us, man. So. <laughs> I know. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to get like 60 pounds. I ended up with four. <laughs> <laughs> that was super good. So have you had any of the beef uh, uh, jalapeno cheddar? That's no, because I got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, the yours is more it's spicier. The wild game has that denser meat takes on a spicier, but I liked them both. Okay, so Nevada. Let's just do this real quick. We got Nevada, Arizona. I, we're not going to get do. through them all, but must do Arizona, must do Nevada. Yep, they're so, given. They're given. So we got to yeah. do those because sure. Nevada doesn't. You don't have like max preference points where it goes to the guy with the max. The, the points are squared. Squared, yeah. So it just gives you better odds every year. But you can't guarantee. But again, if you want to guarantee Nevada, they got landowner. They got uh, outfitter tags, correct, Nick? So well, yeah. Land, yeah land and, and literally, tags. and literally, the public land in Nevada is dynamite. I, but they have outfitter tags. You, know, you can get a guaranteed tag booking through an outfitter, not a landowner tag, it's an outfitter tag. Right next, um, next to the Deseret, as far as just numbers and, and a great hunt. Um, I hunted there and probably about, I hunted, I was, I was a cameraman for David Blanton. He drew a tag and he had a bunch of elk, elk hunts already booked by the time he drew this tag. So we went the first week in September, which was too early. But um, I went, I went out four days ahead of time and went scouting with these guys that we hunted with. And throughout the, the, the four days I was there scouting and the rest of the hunt, I literally saw 20 bulls over 350 and 15 bulls over 370. I mean, it was wow. unreal. Holy every group, I'm not kidding you guys, every group of cows that we saw um, had at least a 340 bull with them. It was it was unbelievable. And the biggest bull I saw, I know, was bumping 390s, you know, just huge bull. Right. What about New Mexico? Yes. New Mexico's great yeah, I mean, for elk. New, Mexico's, and New Mexico's one of those elk states that you got to put in. I mean, you know, get with a – get with – get with somebody and, and figure out which unit, but, uh, you want to put in on a buddy tag, Nick, cause I'm a bad I mean, trawler. 17, 17 is <laughs> good too. 17. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, there's, there's some secret spots too that are good. Um, but I think, ba you know, as, as basic good, just good units that hold a lot of elk and, and pretty good quality trophy quality. I think, you know, those 16s and the 15 and, and 17, like you said, are, are really good. And there's sleeper areas, though, that we know outfitters that have a very small number of tags that we can put them in for. Right. But, again, if you want to get a guaranteed New Mexico tag is a great way to go because you can get the landowner tag. But a lot of times it doubles the hunt. You might draw a tag, and you'll go on a guided hunt for 7500 or you want the landowner tag, it costs you 15 or 16 Well, the crazy thing yeah. is, is every state has changed and evolved because I drew my first tag, my first elk tag in New Mexico. At that point... You were in with the residents, so they didn't differentiate. And this unit I found that was undersubscribed. It was one of the last opportunities to draw an elk tag, and I wanted to go elk hunting bad. And so I, I didn't draw Wyoming, South Dakota, Montana, blah, blah, blah. And I put in for that unit that was undersubscribed and went and hunted. 
But now everything's, you know, everything has changed a couple of times, even in New Mexico at that point. Now they separate the tags. Yeah, and I've drawn myself, I've drawn myself several times in New Mexico, but I haven't drawn now for six or seven years. It's been a long time. <laughs> the bad, the bad tag drawing. Yeah. So yeah. I've drawn yeah. several times in New Mexico. So, okay, so that brings up a really good point, Brad. Um, states change. This is yep. a fluid, this is a fluid industry. Right. And it's kind of a bouncing ball. And I'm not saying super radical, but it is a bouncing ball. Right. And if you're not on top of it and you're not following it, how does a guy from Iowa, how does Dennis from Peoria, Illinois, how, how does, uh, how does you know, well, Larry from Ohio. You're either going to sit there for 250 hours. Okay, a picture like this place. This place has seven people in it all day long working, right? Yep. Immersed between 40 and 80 hours a week per person depends on the person. I, I, how you can't it's hard to duplicate that you you might come up with your own little strategy or something but it, it's really a good idea to get some help because there's just far too much i mean it's like like utah you know you guys it's a must must draw well back in the day when i started applying in utah you could only apply for one and you know that changed now i think uh you know like the residents they're limited non-residents are not so you can apply for all this stuff now as a non-resident yeah, that's interesting. And so I guess I guess my point to that is is that with partnering with Nick and Brian and you and all of us in here every day working so hard to provide membership services to our clients that's second to none, it's hard not it it's hard not to want if I'm if I'm on the outside looking in and want to start playing this game, it's hard not to look at us and go, oh wow, um, why wouldn't I use a resource like you? Fifty, hundred and fifty, or five hundred dollars a year are our three membership level uh, service levels. Okay, and one gets you one state. Okay, so if you just want to play the game and get involved, you get one state and you get full access to um, the uh, the software that has best matches through right. our adventure catalog. Number two is 150. You get unlimited states, unlimited species, and unlimited um, best matches through our adventure catalog. And that's a proprietary software we use. And all these outfitters have been vetted by a Nick Munt, a right. uh, you know Brian Martin, and a Brad Dana, and uh, um, and even once in a while myself gets out there. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but but. So you look at a resource like that, or if you want an unlimited, I want a full strategy, I want to work with somebody every day on draw odds, all this, you know, trophy units, what's uh, um, the blend of that, you know, even 500 bucks a year for something like right. that is not a lot of money. Well, I remember one thing Nick said, like Brian, Brian Martin, who are you going to find who's got the international experience or Canadian experience? Um, let alone, I mean, even the, even the lower 48 experience. That that he does, Nick Munt gets to hunt more in a year than most people hunt in their lifetime. Well, that's he got, and, and he's got different. He's got a different figure ground to to compare it to because, you know, I mean, he's got friends in Oregon where he hunts and has a great hunt, and you know, he's been to the desert. Well, he and, grew up a Western hunter. Yeah, he stayed a Western hunter, and he's all over out west all year yeah. long. You know, Lindley asked him the other day, uh, him and Mallory were in the living room, we were doing a, a Zoom, and he, she, he goes, oh, you're home, I bet you're really enjoying not being gone hunting and uh, um, being home, and Nick goes, uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> I'd rather be out hunting. <laughs> so where do you find, like, to what you're saying, I guess, yeah. where do you find... Such a big blend of different experiences, an amalgamation of just total 
total different experiences. It's pretty cool. I need you, Nick, to look up Elmetomation so, Emotion. Right, right. So what I was going to say is, is you know, there's so many, there's so many people out there that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk elk for a second. There's so many people out there that have never shot an elk, and there's so many guys that would love to go on an elk hunt and they'd love to be successful, and they'd like to shoot a nice six by six. And some guys would be archery, some guys would be rifle. To go on your own, to go to Colorado, to go on public land and go for four, five, six years. I, I talk to these guys all the times at shows and at seminars and different things that I do. And they spin their wheels and they spin the wheels and they're spin their wheels going to Colorado on public land. And they might see an elk once every three years and they never see bulls. And I'm not cutting down Colorado, but I'm just saying that's hunting public land in Colorado. What you need to do yep. is get with, get with one of our guys get into service. And if you want to just go on a good elk hunt, start getting a couple of points and then we can put you with an outfitter. We've got great hunts for $6,500 that you start saving your money. By the time you draw your tag, you'll have enough to go on the hunt. You can go on a great hunt where you're going to see a lot of animals. Success rates are high. It's an unbelievable experience. You ride in on horseback, you get 15, 20 miles back into the back country in Wyoming. You stay in a wall tent. It's, it's an amazing elk hunting experience. And your odds are good at killing one. Now, if you're going for, for, you know, a 370 bull, we got to make a different strategy and you're probably gonna have to spend some more money. But if you're on, a, if you're on a, a budget, if you're a school teacher, if you're a construction guy, whatever, there's opportunities out there to go on these hunts and we can help you get on them. But the thing about it is, is you got to get with us so you can start getting points. Cause even in, even in Wyoming, you got to have a couple of points to draw. So that's the key to me. If you're, if you're uh, just an average Joe that wants to go on a hunting on an elk hunting trip, that's, that's the way you do it. Now, like I said, you can, you can go get four buddies. You guys can go out to Colorado. And is that fun? Hell yeah, it's fun. You go and yuck around the camp, hike around in the mountains, but you can stay in Virginia or Pennsylvania or, or West Virginia and hike all day long and, and have about as much success as you are going to go to Colorado. And yeah, there's guys that kill them once in a while. Yep. If you want to go and have a great hunt, enjoy, enjoy yourself get on some animals and have a really good chance of killing one. It's about, it's about an 8% chance on your own archery, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a good comment. And, and to that point, Nick, I, a lot of times I tell people, if you go with a quality outfitter and not all outfitters are the same and he, he loves his job and he's super experienced, he might cut five to 10 years off of your elk hunting knowledge that you would have had to stumble through on your own. Well, and I don't, and I don't care too. If you're going, if you're going to hunt public land in, in Colorado, you're still spending a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500, you know, the drive out there, all the crap you got to buy, the food that you're going to have to pack yep. in there, all yep. the stuff that you're going through, being away from work, you know, save for a couple of years, get your points and, and we can get you on a really, really good hunt. You know, I mean, I, that, that's just my thought on it. I don't know. I couldn't agree more with you, Nick. I, I feel like, because I was one of those guys, I call them young bucks for, with a bow from Iowa. I went out there two years in a row. So you spend a grand getting out there. You buy the new equipment. You take everything. You spend, you know, we went out there two years in a row, uh, hiked up in the, the White River National Forest in the flat top wilderness area. And, uh, um, and we killed, uh, a buddy killed one, actually killed one calf and a cow 
okay? And, and I, you know, that's what it was. And then you spend the rest of the time helping your buddy mm-hmm. pack it out. And you, you, the, the, you, you hear some – you hear – I think I heard some bulls, but I wasn't for sure because most of the time I chased the bugle, I ran into their hunters. Oh, I've drug yeah. a lot of hunters around <laughs> the hills. And so, so let's see how good a shape this guy's in. So, so, so I just couldn't agree with you more. And That's like mean. you said, you save your money. Now, if you go, hey, listen, I got to tell you, starting next week, if let's say you only have a thousand bucks and you want to go hunting this year because it's important to go this year, we have an adventure uh, finance program that was just approved um, yesterday afternoon, and uh, the ink is dry on it. And so you get together, Nick, you get together with uh, um, Brian, Brad, like you said, find some, one of us here, get your strategy, find out. We, we can help you find the money if you don't have the money, if, if time crunch is an issue and you need to go in the next year. So you mean like there's a program that will pay for your hunt now so you can do it and get the experience and have the adventure yep. and pay for it later? Yep. Oh, that sounds good. So... Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we've really worked hard, all of us on, on this podcast, to help you guys have more resources and more opportunity to get out into uh, the, the adventure world, to get out into, you know, the, the wild, to come out west and experience these hunts. So what would you do, Brian? What would you do with a client? And it was you? Now let's say it's. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's say. I'd oh well, I got I got the perfect answer then. <laughs> I found out which outfitter has the most donkeys and mules to break, <laughs> and you Brad get a cheap says, discount out for, said, for breaking yeah, the mules. Brad said something about. Brad said something about shoot shovel and shut up before. <laughs> Wow, I bleep! Uh, I feel the love here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Now, what's your strategy, uh, Brian? I want to. I want to hear. You know, kind of. Yeah. So my strategy what you, what is. You, what do you think? So my typical client, like that, I would work with, would be a guy who wants to get a few sheep. He wants to finish his grand mm-hmm. slam at some point. Um, I have a lot of guys that start when they're 30, let's say, to right. 40. You have a little different clientele base. Yeah, but, but most of those guys also like hunting deer and elk because unless you've got crazy money or you live in Alaska or Canada, you can't hunt sheep every year. Right. So that means you've got to hunt the next best thing, unless which is an Ibex. <laughs> but that doesn't count, so we'll focus on North America. But once you've hunted internationally like I have, you kind of lose some of your interest in North America because North America is a hassle. Like, you got to plan so many years out. Outfitters are booked two or three years out. Or you got to plan super short notice. Right. So right? they need so, a resource like us. Yeah. So you have to look long-term and short-term because you don't know, unless you have as many points as, like, myself or Brad, where I know I can probably pull the trigger on a moose this year, pull the trigger on an antelope this year, pull the trigger on even a bighorn. Like, I'm guaranteed a bighorn tag in Wyoming this year and next year if I want it. But I have 22 points. Brad has one less point than I. And, and he's it not kicks me in the butt. It kicks him. So he might be three years or four years out, even though he's got one more point than me. So one you have less. to know all this stuff. So my opinion is you're going to take your hunting seriously, apply for all the states. I do everything. I don't generally apply for California or Washington because too low of odds and too few tags. But if you said, I got to kill a Cali or a desert, then you have to put in even in California and Washington, because they each have. California has a desert. Washington has Cali's and Rockies. So you have to put in for those. You also buy raffles at all these places, where it's the Wild Sheep or the Western Hunt Expo or these different states that have individual raffles. You put in for all those. But my thing is put in for a sheep in every place you can. Put in for a goat every place you can. Put in for a moose. Not every place, because if you put in for Idaho, you can't put in for a sheep. So I put in moose in Utah, Colorado, Wyoming and Montana, for example. 
Um, put in for a goat again, like you have to skip Idaho because you can only do the sheep. But put in for the Montana goat. Um, but you know, some of these states. If you're, if how many you're, how many goats have you shot? Uh, six. And you still put in for all? See, that, that's no, interesting. I don't. Every, not for oh, me. Oh, okay. I'm telling for a client. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's talking about. No, I still I still put in for Oregon goat and I put in for a Utah goat because you actually have a chance to shoot a booner. So a Boone and Crockett goat is about 10 inches and about 5 and 5 eighths, a 5 and 3 quarter inch basis, and it scores about 50, which is a very rare animal. Most goats are 9 to 9 and a half inches if they're good genetics. Very few goats break 9 and a half. that's what I'm hoping to draw. I, I want a goat so bad. It's so so just, goats I, are I great. So, so I've, draw, I've drawn an Idaho goat. I've shot, drawn a Montana goat, and I've shot four in British Columbia. Um, and I still like hunting goats. I mean, the problem is the difference between a big goat and a small goat right. is a couple inches, right? Yeah, it's insignificant. Yeah, there's, there, there's, you know, uh, it's funny because Nick said that about goats, what you just said. Like, that's what I want really bad. This year we had that, that, um, that uh, hunt opportunity come in for $12,000 for two hunters to go, goat, uh, to, go to Alaska goat yeah. hunting. Right. A 100% shot opportunity. They kill yeah. them in there all the time. You know, that's what the other thing that about using once in a, while. That yeah. a, a deal like that pops up once in a while. And that's why having that a, was short notice, though. Super yeah, short but, notice. But here's the reality there's two guys that it worked for, though. Right. There's <laughs> right? two guys that worked Smoking for. Smoking hot deal. Correct. Boom. And here's the thing. That's that's the benefit of using a resource like that. That's the benefit of having a Nick Munt. That's the benefit of having well, a Brian Martin, a Brad Dana as as an advisor and a part of what we do because we, we can post those out and our, our, our member services clients can go, I'm going to take advantage of that. That's almost as good as drawing a tag. 6000 well, bucks for a damn goat? Well, by the time right. you put in for t- the bonus points for the, some of these states that cost 100 or $200, what's a big orange sheep bonus point in, in, in uh, Wyoming? 150 bucks. Well, actually more than that. Almost because, 200 Because there's a $15 processing fee. There's a 2.5% credit card hit. So you're spending well over 200 bucks to apply for uh, and, big orange and I sheep. Think, and I think a goat tag in Wyoming also, if you sold the, big, the goat, there's, there's actually not preference points for goats in Wyoming. Um, right. Yeah. So, but but still, well, you're in you're Wyoming, in though. Three thousand dollar goat tag, I think. Wyoming, it's I think it's twenty six thirty two or something. Anyway, it's a bunch. But there's some pretty good odds in because I had been applying for that new unit uh, the last yep. couple of years, and then I was like, I shot my goat, and I thought, but man, how crazy is that? So, hey, but, but what would you do, Brad? What would I do uh, for my strategy or for no, no for, for some, oh well. It, it, well Dennis and Peoria. Dennis and Peoria. I, I would. Nick I would try to. Minneapolis. I've. I've really gone to my strategy of getting guys hunting. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're, you get to take their age into account. If they're young enough and they fiscally can afford to apply and get the points, start getting your points. Um, if you're older and you, you, you don't want to play that game because you know if you're 60, you, you know, you can't. There's 10,500 people ahead of you in Wyoming for sheep tags right now. So. You know, be be selective. Go Idaho. Go, but even Idaho. Idaho's got seven to eight non-resident tags per year typically. Wyoming used to have more random draws. Now they've cut back because of the die-off of the herd, but they still have four or five in the random, and they have they have the preference point drawing too. So, you know, uh, so you say apply. Get them applying, kind of like Nick's I, I, strategy. I try, to get them, I try to get them hunting. Right. Okay, let's apply for some stuff and get you some really quality stuff. But you just as well start killing stuff. I mean, if you've never shot an elk with your bow, a lot of people want to shoot elk with their bow. 
elk are not easy to kill with a bow if you don't, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to botch that thing. They're one of start, the best animals out with a bow, though. That's right. But start, start shooting some, you know. Shoot some cows. I like shooting cows. I've shot a lot of elk, and I love shooting elk, man. I think it's just a blast. But you, Get them hunting. But well, you have to look at, you know, so I have a lot of guys that want the giant animals. But giant animals cost a lot of money. If you just want a good rep animal, a lot of times you can get on with some of these outfitters, and you can hunt with them every year for a mule deer in Colorado. You can go hunt with the guys in Idaho for an elk every year. So if you want consistency, some people like to hunt with the same guys, the same camp every year, and then there's the guys that want to hunt a new place every year. So it's a totally different strategy, and that's what our job is to try and – but you got to apply. If you want big animals or you want a lot of hunting, you have to apply. You have to get the points and you have to look, okay, I want some trophy animals, I want some medium animals. There's some guys that don't want to shoot one unless it's really big, and that makes it harder. But not every state is going to produce big animals, and not every unit is going to be produced big animals. Sometimes the areas that have really, really hard draw odds have really easy hunting, too much quad access. So if you want, so there's, so the areas that take a long time to draw either have the biggest animals or easy access with pretty good animals. So if you want to have increase your drawing odds, go to an area that has worse access and not so promoted for big animals. And not where there are all the trail cameras. A lot of these outfitters and do-it-yourself hunters have trail cameras everywhere. And so a lot of the animals are named before you go hunting. If you don't want a named animal, then you got to go hunt some of the remote areas where they just can't set up trail cameras. Well, it's going to get harder to name animals in Arizona now. They're, they're outlawing the trail cameras? Mm-hmm. Gone. Well, well, you know what? So, so there's so much here, guys. Um, if I'm listening to this podcast, I go, "Wow, what do I do?" And here's what I do. And and I this might be a shameless plug, but I pick up the phone dial one six zero five six four four eight thousand. I direct message Nick Munt on his social media and say, "Hey, Nick, um, I've been watching you for years on TV. Um, g- give me some advice." And then Nick puts you in uh, connection with his full staff in here. I I, I I listen to Brian Martin and say, "Brian Martin, you're one of the most respected guys in the industry. Uh, I'm direct message you or call you here because you're you're at the office too." Listen, the other thing is if you want to talk to Nick Munt, you want to talk to uh, 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 Brian Martin, you want to talk to Brad Dana, just give us a shout. 605-644-8000. We'll get you in touch with these guys. They're accessible. Here's our strategy. Our strategy is to bring you world-class opportunities in the hunting and fishing industry with world-class people. And hopefully that's what you heard on the uh, uh, the podcast today. And uh, just a couple reminders. Subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. Leave us an honest rating and review, which will help others find us. Tell us what you think, what you'd like to hear. Nick Munt. Hey, I have a, before Thank we you. close. I want to hear the story about that 210-inch deer. I, I've heard bits the and pieces. The 209 and 7 eighths? Well, let's do this. Let's do this because we've been, <laughs> we've been on this for 54 uh, minutes. Let's do this. Let's do that. on an, Hey, Nick, would you do another it, it, podcast it, it, with us soon? Well, for if we all? go for 15 minutes, it'll be the best number. So let's go. Okay, Nick. <laughs> Nick, all right. should we do another podcast? It's up to you guys. Hey, I'm... I'm at your beck and call. <laughs> no, that's not true. All right, let, let's do another podcast. And, uh, hey, all you listeners, make sure you check back because we're going to do 209 and 7 Man, that's like shooting the, bad, shooting the bad guy, and then they don't even reveal who did it at the end that's of the right. show, right? We'll, we'll, have, we'll oh. have, hey, stay tuned. And, hey, and one last thing before we go yes. when it comes to, to, to you know calling us and, and getting that hunt book. Brian, Brian said it earlier. Get a budget. Figure out what your budget is, because that's going to be the first question that I ask you, Brian, Brad, any one of us. Figure out how much money you want to spend, 
and and how and much time go from there. Your time budget yeah. and your and your money budget. Yeah, that's huge because that's the first thing I ask people. You know, what's your budget? And a lot of people they don't even think about that before they call. You know, they want to call and shoot the crap about elk or deer or moose or whatever. But I want a 350 inch bull and, and I can spend 15. And a lot of that depends if they got divorced recently or married recently. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, for, yeah, I got a day and a half. <laughs> for sure, for sure, everyone. We we have the hardest hunting, uh, uh, most fun group of guys that that's bringing this service to you. So anyway, and if you want us to uh, uh, do a podcast on something, just go ahead and email us at info at rollingbones dot com. What's what's the name of Nick's new site? Is going to be we'll, we'll tickle your pickle. <laughs> All right. In closing, thanks for uh, thanks Freshly for listening. Headed Canadian. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my God, these two. All right. In closing. That's my old career. (laughs) Thank you for listening today. Be safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.